You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. One of the things that I enjoy is not only to preach and to teach, but it's really this. It's to meet new people. And one of the highlights of my week was to meet one of our new friends. Uh, they are engaged, and uh, Ivan is here. That is Ivan and Kim. Yeah, and they're newly engaged. And one of the things that are unique about Ivan and Kim is that they are, uh, well, Ivan used to be uh, FA. You know what an FA is, right? Yes, faithful asawa. And then, flight attendant, no? She used to be a flight attendant. And the guy, Kim, is also a flight attendant. A lot of us have dreamt to be a flight attendant. I wanted to be a flight attendant. Tingnan nyo, practice ko to kagabi. It's nice to be a flight attendant when you're a believer, right? Because when there's turbulence, he can get the mic and say, we are approaching your final destination. And I can preach the gospel. All of us have dreamt to be like a flight attendant, just like this couple, young couple. I've wanted it. I, I know some of you wanted it. But you know, to be a flight attendant, we always look at the perks, isn't it? The ability to travel around the world for free because you're employed by that company. The ability to travel and buy the things that you want in different countries all over the world. You enjoy that when you look at it. It's a good life. But as I was talking to Kim and Ivan, I've also realized this, that there is a cost for that career. It's hard. They're always away from their family. It's hard. There are medical concerns that when you're always up in the air, you can actually catch that disease. It's hard because you're always up. Your clock is different from everyone's clock. There is a cost to pay to be a flight attendant. And I realized this, that not only to be a flight attendant, but also in our marriage, there is a cost to pay if you want a happy marriage, isn't it? There is a cost to pay if you want to be this, if you want to be that. There is a cost to pay. And at the end of the day, this is the question. Is the cost worth it? Will I look at the reward and say, it's all worth it? You know, as believers, this is reality that we too have a cost to follow Jesus. There's also a cause for us to follow Jesus. I remember if you, if you know Chinky, one of our victory group leaders, we, have, we asked him to preach in a 7 p.m. service, I think three weeks ago. And when he preached, so if you're not familiar with it, he would ask people to go to the front. And so when we were looking at the report, ang nag-altar call po, alam nyo ko ilan? 300. You know how many people were in the center during the service? 300. Pati po ako nag-altar call. You know, sometimes we think that when we receive Christ, when we say, Lord, I need you as my Savior, we think that there is no more cost. That after that, that's it. That our life as a believer is only a prayer and then everything will be smooth sailing. You know, we're entering into a new series entitled Cross Check where we will go through teachings of Jesus for us to determine the cost of following Him. For us to be able to know if we are truly a believer of Jesus. Because the last thing that we want for each and everyone here is to be light Christians. Alam niyo ba yun? Christianity light. That you're only here 
for the wrong reasons, it's more about what God can do for you and it's about less of what you can do in the life that you are with the Lord. We don't want us to be Christians who are consumers. We don't want believers just for the sake of getting and getting. And that's why we will go through this series today. And with that, if you have your Bibles with you, can you please open it to Mark chapter 8? Mark chapter 8, and we will go through verses 34 until 38. And if you're there, say, Amen. Verse 34, it says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in the adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you as you anoint the preaching of your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who will speak to your people today. Thank you, Father, that you can minister to us wherever we are. Lord, give us a lens where we can understand why you said this in the book of Mark. Thank you, Lord, that it is you who is speaking to us. Lord, anoint the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody of God's people say, Amen. Amen. So this is what's happening in Mark chapter 8. So Jesus has been starting his ministry. He has healed the sick. He has walked on water. He has fed the 5,000. He feeds the 4,000. Now, what happens? Jesus tries to check, Ano bang intindi ng tao of who I am? Now, Jesus asks his disciples, who do they say I am? You remember the story, right? And so the disciples were saying, oh, he's John the Baptist. So, so the other one said, no, he's, um, he's Elijah. No, he's a prophet. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. And now he asks Peter. And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And now he, sa- he acknowledges that and says, you know, that revelation is not from you, but from our Heavenly Father. And now we see this, now that the people has revealed, that God has revealed it to one person of who He is. Now Jesus begins to share what He will do in this world. The reason why He has gone here on earth. And it says here, verse 31, He says, And He began to teach them that the Son of Man, Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed After three days, he will rise again. He was sharing to them, they will, I will have to suffer. They will actually hurt me. They will actually torture me until the time that I die. It did not settle right with Peter. Sabi ni Peter kay Jesus, I rebuke that. Diyan toto, that will not happen to you. Why? Because for Peter, what he saw was, a savior that would be a political king that would save them. And so ang sabi niya, 
if he's the son of God, why will he be tortured? Why will he be killed? And why will he have to suffer? Ni-rebuke niya si Jesus. How many of you have tried rebuking Jesus? Imagine, someone who has been revealed that he is the son of God. Sinabi niya, mali ka, Lord. Mali ka sa sinasamo. You're not right. That's what he was saying. And so what did Jesus do? From someone who has been said, good job, ngayon sinabihan niya ng, get behind me, Satan! Meron bang nagulat? You know, he begins to rebuke Peter. Why? Because he was thinking of the things of the world. He did not understand it. You know what's comforting when I was reading this word? You know why I was comforted? Because even Peter, someone who has been a disciple of Jesus for the longest time, someone who has been called, even the first one who has been called, has been with him in all his miracles, experienced it. You know what I realized? He too can miss why Jesus is here. He missed it. He thought he knew, but he didn't. And so what did Jesus now do? Now we go to our main text in verse 34. He now begins to call the crowds. The crowds were there. It doesn't say how many. It doesn't say if it's a thousand, if it's four thousand. Maybe it's a lot. So now he calls the crowds. He calls the crowds with him, with his disciples. It was also a coaching moment with his eleven, with his twelve. So tinawag niya. Sabi niya, come here. And now he says this. He says, if anyone, if anyone would come after me. It was an open invitation by Jesus. He was saying that if anyone would come after me, why? Because they were the crowds. What does that mean? There is a reason why they were following Jesus. Maybe they were fed. Maybe they were part of the ones who were healed. You know, the crowds are similar to us. There is a question that I want to ask us today. Just like the crowds, why are you here? What is the reason for us being here? Some of you will say, I'm here because I believe for healing. That's good. Some of you are here because you're believing that your relationship with your spouse will be restored. Is that a good reason to be here? Yes. Some of you are believing for financial breakthrough, right? Some of you are here because you want to be close to God. Some of you are here because you want to be close to her who attends this church. Some of you are here because you want to feel the presence of God at the 5.30 service because for some reason at 5.30, the presence of God will fill you and then you will feel the presence until you doze off. Every week. You know, this reality, all of us have our own reasons why we're here. Isn't it? But there's one thing that I'm sure of. That God wants you to be here. Tap the person to your right. Tell that person, God wants you to be here. Tap the person to your left. Wake up. All right. You know, God wants you to be here. Why? Because He wants you to be more than the crowds. He doesn't want us to just follow Him from afar. He doesn't want us to just look at His miracles. He wants us to experience it. 
He wants us to, to experience a life with Him. And so now, doesn't, He doesn't only want us to watch Him from afar. He also wants to do life with us. To be His disciple. I hope you know that this message was, were, that it was addressed to the crowds. It was not addressed to a specific group of people. It is addressed to everyone, just like us today. And so as we go, sabi niya, everyone is invited. How many of you are happy that there is no requirement to follow God? That you don't have to be rich, you don't have to be this age, you don't have to have this achievement, you don't have to have, you, you don't need to graduate from this school. If you want to follow God, there is an open invitation for Him. And so now He invites us. He says, if anyone would come after me, He will give us three commands that we need to follow. But these commands will really shake your world. You know, some of us feel like to be a believer is, is very easy. Meron ba sa inyo, you feel like to be a believer is very easy? We know it's not, right? And so we have to realize that when Jesus gives this command, He also gives us a reason why. And we're going to look at that later. First, He says, we have to deny ourselves. To deny ourselves is very strong. It's more than not checking your phone for two hours. It's more than not eating a diet for th- three months. It's more than that. You know, the same word deny was also used when Peter denied Jesus. You remember that time? That when three times before the rooster, what did rooster? Crowed. Yon. Thank you. We have a rooster here. Before he crowed, Peter denied Jesus three times. Imagine that picture. Were you with Jesus? No, I don't know him. And then another time, he says, do you know, oh, I think he was with you. No, I don't have any affiliation with him. That is the word denial. It means to Deny means to reject ourselves or disown ourselves. And so how do we do that? And why do we need to deny ourselves? The Bible says we need to deny ourselves first to follow Jesus. Why? Because Jesus knows our sinful nature. Why do I have to deny myself? Okay naman ako. Mabait naman ako sa ibang tao. I actually opened the door. Pag may mauuna sa church, I open it. Sa parking, pinagbibigyan ko naman. Tapos pag inagawan ako ng parking, mabait naman ako. Pag wala na siya, kagasgasan ko lang naman. Why do we have to deny ourselves when Jesus said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself? You know, because this is our nature before Christ. I'm gonna do a game here. So if this is you, raise your hands. Paramihan. Alright? Okay? Sabi don. For people will be lovers of self. Dalawa. Okay, two points. Lovers of money. Okay, one. <laughs> Proud. Arrogant. Abusive. Disobedient to parents. Ungrateful. Do you have people who are ungrateful? They're not beside you. If you have a person beside you who is ungrateful, just wink at me. We are ungrateful, unholy, heartless. Meron ba sa inyong heartless? Meron sabihin na ba sa inyong wala kang puso? Heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, someone who can't control himself, that when you're alone, you go to sites that you should not go to. 
brutal, not loving, treacherous, reckless, and eto, no, in Tagalog, swollen with conceit, namamaga ka na sa kayabangan. Tap the person to your right. Tell that person, that's not you. Yeah. Tap the person to your left. Tell the person, you're the one before that statement. Yeah. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, the Bible says we are all wicked. The Bible says nobody is good, not even one. And that's why for Jesus, what he was saying is to follow me is to actually deny yourself. Why? Because right now in this generation, we live in a world that it's all about It's all about us. The selfie generation that everything you do, you post everything. Eating. Going to the restroom. I'm also guilty of this. When I look at my post, it's all about me. What I'm doing. What I want. Jesus says, it shouldn't be all about us. The world does not revolve around us. Life is not about what we want from God. Life is not just about, Lord, I want this. You know, if you live a life that is self-centered, you'll notice this, that when God does not answer you, magtatampo ka kay Lord. That when God does not answer, Lord, I like Him. Bakit hindi niya ako? You'll feel bad. Why? Because it's all about you and what you want from the Lord. You know, when we live and operate in a world where it's all about us, this is what I realize. When the blessing comes, we're not satisfied. Lord, thank you, but bakit yung sa kanya mas okay? Lord, thank you for blessing me, but I want more. Because, mas blessed ba siya because he attends three services in a week? It becomes all about us. You know, to follow Jesus, when we say we deny ourselves, what we're saying is the gravity from ourselves, from our self-centered life, shifts to Jesus. It becomes now about Him. It becomes now about what He wants for us. It becomes now about what His will for us. That's why when we pray, we say, let your will be. It's not, let Lord, thank you. Let my will be done. It's not our kingdom. It's His kingdom to shift the center of gravity from us to God. That is self-denial. But there's good news that when we live a life where we say, Lord, the center of my life is You, there's good news. You know what the good news is? It's this, that when you live a life in self-denial, you trust God because you know what He wants for you is always the best. How many of you, just like me, have prayed so many prayers and you're happy God did not answer that prayer? Self-denial is trusting God that He knows best. As we continue, verse 34 says, Take up his cross. Wow, it's getting harder, Lord. Una, deny myself. Now, take up my cross. What does taking up my cross mean? 
it looks heavy, you know, during that time to take up a cross or a cross was a symbol of what? Death. Today, when we look at the cross, you see hope, right? Because you see Jesus, you know what he has done. But during that time, to see the cross was something to remind you of a gruesome death. And to be carrying your cross, during that time, you would only cross, uh, carry the beam, not the entire thing. Just the beam. You would carry it around Rome. You would go around. And what the statement of the Romans was, when you carry it, what you're saying is, Rome is right. And I am guilty as a criminal. When you carry your cross, what you're saying is, I am wrong and Rome is right. When you carry your cross, it's shameful. When you carry your cross, you're naked. It hurts. It's heavy. And so you're going to suffer. This is what Jesus is saying. Carry your cross. Carry the cross that when somebody sees somebody carrying a cross, alam mong yari? Pag nakita ka, no? When you carry a cross, that's the last day of that man. To carry our cross. It's not easy to carry our cross. For us, we carry our cross in saying, Jesus, as we carry our own cross, what we're saying is, Jesus, you are Lord. You are right. And I am wicked. Whenever we carry our cross, it's a picture of dying to self. It's a picture of saying, Lord, I cannot live life without you. And that's why in the version of Luke, it's harder. It says there, you should take up your cross, what? Daily. Every single day. We need to choose to surrender every single day. We carry our cross. What do we carry? We surrender our will to God. We surrender our emotions to God. Lord, di ko naiintindihan. I will surrender it to you. What else do we surrender? We surrender our way to God. And most importantly, we surrender our thoughts to God. That when the old self, the old sinful self pops up, pag lumabas yung pride, Lord, I surrender it today. I choose to follow you. Carrying our cross. We choose to surrender our will, ways, thoughts, emotions, and all that we are. Paul said it best in Galatians. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. A life of a believer is marked by people who carry their cross daily. It's marked by saying, Lord, yung dating ako, the old me, I will nail that, and I will nail that to the cross. The selfishness of me, Lord, whenever people I encounter during the day, Lord God, pag nahirapan ako, Lord, I just lift it up to you. I don't want to live a life like this. I was preparing, as I was preparing for this preaching, I realized this. One of my devotion was found in Samuel this week. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And in Samuel, there's a time where the people were actually angry at Samuel because the kids of Samuel did not please the Lord. And so sabi nila, nag, nag-revolt sila, sabi nila, give us a king! I know some of you are familiar with the story. Sabi nila, give us a king! And the word there says that Samuel was displeased. The Bible says Samuel was disappointed. He was offended. How many of you have been offended before? Raise your hands. Lord, yung hindi. You know, when, when I get offended, 
we get angry, right? We do crazy, crazy things. Meron bang ganun sa inyo? You get offended. You try to hit back. And when I was going through this preaching, I realized this. The word that came after, it says, Samuel was displeased. And you know what he did? He prayed to the Lord. Wow. And so, Lord, is that dying to self? Lord, I don't pray. When I am displeased, I want to bring it out of me, Lord. Does the word of God affect us? And you say, Lord, I will not follow my ways. Lord, I will nail this sinfulness on your cross and follow you. Mahirap ba maging believer? Is it hard? Yes, it is. As we continue, it says, after not only do you deny yourself, not only do you carry up your cross, the Bible says, follow me. To follow is not only to physically walk with someone. It's not being behind. It's not being advanced. To follow me from the Greek word is akolotheo, which means to walk with the purpose of keeping someone's teaching. And so when we say, declare, Lord, I follow you, Jesus, what we're saying is, I follow your teachings. I do your teachings. I will apply your teachings. That's what to follow Jesus means. I have a question for everyone. Why is it that when Jesus spoke this one sentence that would rock our core, that rocked their core before, why is it that this was the sequence? He started with deny yourself, and then he says, die to yourself or pick up your cross and then follow me. Why was that the sequence? You know, I realized this, that when we do it backwards, may rapan si Lord sa atin. Kasi backseat driver tayo eh. Pag may sinabi si Lord, follow ka, anong opinion? Hindi, Lord, I know that na. I know how to do it. I'll just do it on my own. To follow Jesus is to empty ourselves, to deny ourselves. Why? Because when we deny ourselves, we know that He will lead us better. We can't revise the will of God for our lives. And so the more that we try to Battle it. The more we try to not follow it, we're gonna have a hard time. I remember this story, no? Si Peter. You remember when he was first called? What was he doing? Diba nang ingis da siya? May kausap ba ako? Oh, okay. Diba nang ingis da siya, no? When he was fishing, what did Jesus do? When he showed him that miracle, that there were so many fish, what did Jesus do? Sabi niya, leave everything, come follow me. It's difficult to follow God when we have so much baggage in us. When we go to God and when we are saying, Lord, this is my plan in life, and so bless it. And so we will get offended whenever we try to follow God with our own plans. And that's why it's not easy to be a believer. That's why there is suffering, not only outside, but also in our lives. You know why? Because when you empty yourself, and you say you follow God completely, what happens? When you read the word, mali pala tong business na minamanage ko. If I die to myself, I need to leave this business. Mali pala na tinetext ako na may asawa na. Mali pala to. I have to leave it. I have to die to myself. I have to die to my flesh and follow the will of God. Is that easy? Of course it's not. 
It's not easy to follow God. But you know what? The grace of God is with us. You know, to follow God is really about lordship. To follow God is really about saying, Lord, you are the master of my life. That we do not only get half. That we do not only want Jesus as my Savior. Why? Because He is also our Lord. That's why we know this, right? That Jesus is what? Lord of all or not at all. We can't say, Lord, I will give you 90% of my life. Pero yung pag ko, sa akin na to, ha? Lord, okay na lato. I will give my tithe. I will attend service. I will volunteer. But who I am outside church, Lord, akin na to, ha? You know, when God wants us, when He is inviting us, what He's saying is, I can be your Savior, but at the same time, I should be your Lord. The Bible has 24 verses on Jesus as the Savior. You know how many times it was mentioned that you have, that Jesus is Lord? Guess. 622. Why? Because that's how important it is for God. We try to miss out. We try to have a Christianity that is only light. Alam niyo ba yun? Yung Spotify na trial. But God desires us to have that premium and that's why it has a cost. Jesus is Lord of all or not at all. Hard truth to listen to. How Hard truth to calculate the cost to follow Him. It's hard. But you know what? Jesus gives us reasons why we should. Verse 35, it says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. That we, as human beings, are wired to survive. That's our instinct. That we will try to keep ourselves safe, that we will try to keep ourselves alive. But at the same time, we have to realize that the world we live in is broken. That because the world we live in is broken, we can't save ourselves on our own. Only through God that when we lose ourselves for Him, we actually are saved. The only way to save our life is to give it up to God. So stop trying to hang on to it. The old sinful self, surrender nyo na yan. Paul says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That to die to self is much gain. Ang sinasabi ni Paul, no? he experienced this, that what I went through in life, that is rubbish. That is nothing compared to a life with God. To live is Christ and to die is gain. As you continue, verse 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul. Kahit anong riches, any riches, no matter how hard we try to get all that we want, at the end of the day, the question is, can we use that to buy ourselves a ticket to heaven? Will it matter in eternity? Psalms 49 verse 6 says, Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice. 
Lastly, it says, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my word in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What does that mean? That when we are ashamed of God, he will also be ashamed of us in judgment. Sometimes it's hard to understand that picture. And so I have this story for you about a, a mother and a son. So this mother was scarred. And the son loves her so much when she was growing up. But towards the time that the son started attending school, she, he realized that his mom was different. He realized that the mother was different from all the mothers that she knows. And so as she grows old, uh, the, the kid grows old, he also changed. That he would actually tell his mom, Oh, ma, dyan ka lang ha. Ako nang papasok mag-isa. Hindi, sumangit. It's okay, dyan ka lang. Every day, whenever the kid would be brought to school, sabihin ng mommy, Oh, let's go. I want to meet your friend. No, ma, just stay. It's okay. It's fine. It's stay. I can do it on my own. You know, on his ninth or 10th birthday, the mom wanted to surprise the kid. He wanted to surprise the kid. And so he brought cake for his birthday to the class. You like that, right? For kids, no? yung, during your birthday, the mom would show up. And then, So they would bring cake. You know? And so the mom went to class. And so they asked, who's that? Whose birthday is it? Who's that? And so the kid panicked. Huh? Uh, no, she's nobody. And then he cried. And then he ran outside. The mom was shocked. So she ran after her. What's the problem? Ma'am, pangit mo. Nakakaya. nila, mami kita. You're so ugly. You're not like the other moms. You're so ugly. I don't want to be your son. I don't want them to see that you're scarred. I don't want to see them looking at me and you're my mom. And so the son composed himself and went back to school. The mom went home. You know, when the mom went home, she sat the son down and said, Anak, I forgive you for what you said. And I think it's about time for you to know the truth. Sabi ng mom. Anong sinabi ng mom? Ampun ka. Bumawi. Hindi, hindi, hindi yun story. Joke lang. Okay, let's go back to the spirit. Sama. Sama ng kwento, no? Sabi niya, bleh, bleh. And so, let's go back to that emotion. And so the mom says, you know, I forgive you, but you have to know the truth. And this is the truth. When you were a baby, the house burned. And there was a choice for me to save one person. You or your dad. And so I saved you. And that's why, hence, this is how I look like. You know, when we talk about the verse that we read a while ago, somebody also saved us. Jesus from our sin and death. He also saved us from the potential of us living in a place where we don't want to. And so the question is, 
are we ashamed of what He has done in our life? Because for Jesus, when He said, come follow me, what He was saying is, not only do you deny yourself, not only do you die to yourself, not only do you follow me, but for you to actually boldly say, you are my child. For you to boldly say, I follow Jesus. This is what Jesus was saying in the last verse, in verse 38, that when you choose to live a life away from me, when you choose to live a life that you are ashamed of what I have done on the cross, I'll not be able to save you when you get there. The Bible says, don't call me Lord, Lord. Right? And do not do what I say. But for those who does the will of God, God saved us from the penalty of death, from burning. Do we live our lives with that reality in our, in our lives? Do people around you know that you are a follower of Jesus? That when things go well with you, do you equate it with your own talents? Or do you say, it's only through the grace of God? You know, as we end, I hope you realize this, that we counted the cost of following Jesus. Yes, it's hard, right? But we also consider the fact, what if we don't follow Him? What if we remain as the crowd, looking at Jesus from afar? We know that we don't want to be in that place in eternity. But really, when you count all the costs, I hope you get this, and this is my one point for this message, that the death of Jesus on the cross outweighs the cost of following Him. Guys, the reward that is waiting for us in heaven is way better. Lugi si Lord sa atin. Never tayong malulugi kay Lord. That when we choose to say, Lord, you are my Savior, we should also choose and say, Lord, I want you to be my Lord over my life. In all aspects of my life. It's not easy to be a disciple, but the reward outweighs the cost. And so, as I end, I will go back to our main text. Verse 34, it says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. One simple statement from Jesus that rocked the followers, the crowds. Did you know that a lot of people actually did not follow him after this? Why? Because for them, it was all about what they get from Jesus, but not what God would want to offer them. Let that sink deep for all of us today. Allow Jesus to speak to you personally. Are you willing to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him? I don't want to end this preaching on a note where, Lord, hirap mamili, Lord. Parang hirap naman ang boy na ganito. I want to encourage you, as you make the decision today, Romans 5 says, But God showed His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for you. Even though we were not yet the crowd, guys. 
even though we were still in that sin. Jesus died for you. The reason that you're here, it's not because somebody invited you. It's not because you got an email or you saw the website. You know why you're here? It's because God orchestrated the way for you to be here. Just think about it. I could be somewhere else today. I could be a drug dealer. I could be a carnapper. I could be anyone. But God allowed me to go through that path that leads me here. I hope you know that. That life is not just about your decisions. God has always been with you and will always be with you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.